0: Very welcome along to the Bench Warmers podcast for the 29th of February, a co production between the Bench Warmers and Cork's Red FM. Rory O'Hagan here, joined by Neville of Neville, how are you, sir? I'm
1: good, Rory, and I'd just like to say a big congratulations to uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, getting his Oscar. <laughs> Overdue, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, it was. I'll
0: tell you what, I didn't like the Revenant.
1: Uh, I actually liked it. It wasn't your typical Oscar film. I thought it was. It was nearly a full-on action, like you know. Yeah, I thought.
0: No, like to be fair, I thought the opening scene was amazing. Yeah. Um, that ambush scene was just absolutely incredible and reminded me of an previous yeah. work uh, with Birdman. Just the way the camera moved around and yeah. it was just fantastically staged. Looked incredible. And then when Leonardo, spoiler alert. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm not actually. You no, know I'm not even going to get into spoilers. But after that, it kind of bored me. And Leonardo DiCaprio grunted and grimaced and
1: well, grunted look, his way to an Oscar. Exactly. I think if nothing else, the the lengths and the extreme stuff he went to to reserve the Oscar alone. But. I don't think there was really a standout this year. I didn't think he was phenomenal to get it. You know, I think I actually thought my Fastbender was very good in. No, I might be haven't seen that in in Steve Jobs, but there was nothing like you know training day with Denzel Washington. Right? Yeah. You go, that's an Oscar performance with Anthony Hopkins. Signs and Lambs. You go, that's an Oscar performance. There was nothing really in that with uh, with um, with uh, Leonardo
0: DiCaprio. Um, yeah. I suppose that's, that's fair enough um, I just I, I have to say The, the Revenant just left me uh, a little bit cold I have to say um, looking at the other winners on the night um, Spotlight got Best Picture still haven't seen that but really really looking forward to it Mad Max won 6 Oscars out of the 10 it was nominated for that was a phenomenal film easily one of my <laughs> favourite of the year Inside Out winning the Best Animated Feature which I think should have been nominated in Best Picture uh, Inside Out was probably my favourite film of last year I thought it was absolutely incredible uh, and Brie Larson money for the room, so a bit of an Irish
1: next week. Like, I'll be honest with you, Roy. I can We got the McGregor fight next week, right? And I can't be staying up every night. But Leo was everywhere when I logged on this morning. Mm. But who won the best supporting actor then? And um, uh,
0: it wasn't Sylvester Stallone, anyway, because yeah, I, was I was hoping, hoping Stone was going to win. On, yeah. um, because I thought his performance in Creed was excellent. I really, really enjoyed yeah. Creed far more than I thought I was going to. And it was only after I watched the movie and I was reading up on it that I realised it was Wallace from The Wire was playing uh, Baby Creed. Uh, oh, but yeah. yeah Mark Ryland from Bridge of Spies won uh, Best actor, or best Supporting Actor I haven't seen Bridge of Spies uh, uh, from what I can yeah. gather it's just Spielberg and Hanks by the numbers but yeah good to see DiCaprio win I guess I mean like he was overlooked uh, a lot before I thought he should have won for The Wolf of Wall Street I thought he was phenomenal in that
1: I love Blood Diamond as well you know he's done some great films
0: he has done some fantastic work But there's, 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 there's yeah.
1: a lot of good actors in heaven one. I actually in Tom Cruise a cracking actor and he didn't win one like you know like he did if you think of The Last Samurai I thought it was a great film he ah, did. but it's
0: not exactly Best actor, good well, like. Joaquin## you know I mean?
1: is Oscar good. Now Cuba
0: stole the the show there.
1: Yeah. Um. What else did he do? I I didn't like Rain Man. He was decent enough. In. Yeah. But again, not Oscar Hoffman too. stole the yeah. show there again. But the one he got overlooked in as well was um, I didn't like it. Born the Fourth of July. Yeah. Yeah. You could say that was. Uh, I think he got nominated for all these, but he didn't actually win them. Like you know so.
0: Yes, yeah, you know? so yeah, spotlighting the best picture and uh, uh, Alejandro in your one thing I w- will Reverend actually, which reaction. I
1: would like to back and to cap you up is if you watch his Oscar acceptance speech, is global warming. I would fully agree. Like it's a massive threat to uh, to the to to people in general, like you know, mm. and people ignore it, you know, and that's one of the reasons he wanted to make Reverend because just to show. Yeah,
0: I would say It's kind of um, like the speech that he gave was incredible because I mean, like he's just one Best Actor. Um, an award he's been chasing For years And then he doesn't he, He's just really calm And talks about The f- effect of global warming He's very the, the passionate world. About
1: his global warming You know
0: um, that's enough movie chat For one day And well, what is Essentially a sports podcast uh, A lot to talk about On the show tonight Or today um, we're, going to talking, uh, to we're going to be talking To the uh, Anfield chat We're going to be talking To Seamus there Of uh, the Anfield chat We're also going to be Recapping uh, an incredible Weekend of sports To be perfectly honest uh, United beating Arsenal Yesterday England defeating Ireland uh, in, in the six nations And we're going to Look ahead to Conor McGregor Versus Nate Diaz That be, fight confirmed do, do Earlier box- on the week Do you watch the big boxing I did and been. I was disappointed by it We'll talk about that a little bit later on We'll also what about Anderson Silva and Mike uh That's all to come on the Benchwarmers podcast Today we are joined on the line though By Seamus Bevan of the Anfield Chat To discuss the League Cup final defeat yesterday To Man City on penalties Heartbreaking if you're a Liverpool fan Seamus, how are you feeling after
2: that? Um, I'm actually a lot better today Yesterday I was, it was really excited. I didn't think I'd be like I thought I'd be bothered if we lost, but I wasn't expecting how bothered I was like when we lost, I was proper proper devastated um and it took it took a while to recover. I just sat in my remote night basically <laughs> um but today I'm feeling a lot better you know i have looked at, you know you look at the positives, you know we've got a pretty poor team at the moment, and yeah we managed to go toe to toe with the best squad in the country in a final, and we ended up losing on penalties, so you know there's a lot of positives to take
0: um. What what kind of game do you think it was? I mean did you enjoy the game watching it as a Liverpool fan, or were you able to enjoy
2: it? For like for a lot of a lot of the game, I was just sweating, heart pounding. Um, you know, the last ten minutes or so was uh, was really horrible to watch. But you know, I think I think we we did a we showed a, we did ourselves proud. Really, you know, the team put in a performance that you know was worthy of a League Cup final. I think. I mean, obviously, City's squad is a lot better than ours, and yet, for large parts, we, we matched. You know, the uh, extra time, for example, I think we were by far the better time in ex- uh, team in extra time. And, uh, yeah, I think we did, we did pretty well.
0: You know, there was just no accounting for Willy Caballero pulling off three top class A's, was there? <laughs> exactly, yeah.
2: I was not expecting that.
0: I don't think anybody was, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I'd imagine you were cursing him to high heaven when he pulled them off.
2: Oh, I, I, especially because they missed their first penalty as well. Like, when that happened, I just thought, you know, right. Uh, yeah, I genuinely thought you know we've done it we're going to win this and then uh, yeah
0: Speaking of goalkeepers the uh, Simon Mignolay memes were out in force yesterday <laughs> after that howler um, to be fair he had a very very good game afterwards but letting in a goal like that is criminal isn't
2: it? Yeah it's a lot of people have said to me you know, because I criticised on Twitter and a lot of people said you know yeah but he kept us in the game afterwards and yeah. to a certain extent I think there was, there was one save he made which was a very very good save but the rest of them they were still good saves, but you you would expect a Premier League keeper to make those kind of saves. Mm. Um, and and the, the mistake was just it's un, something really you know, and it's the fact that he does it again and again. Uh, there was a goal a few weeks ago, very similar to that, where he kind of like if if you look at the goal, if he stands still, he actually probably saves the goal, but he dies he moves his foot out <laughs> of the way, and it goes in. And there's, there's, as I said, there's been a few like that before, like really similar kind of goals. He just he doesn't seem to like using his feet, you know. There's there's a very few specific things thing's is good at. he's good at um, long-range shots. He's good at kind of shots from the edge of the box, but everything else, he's pretty poor at. Were
0: you surprised therefore to see him given a five-year contract?
2: Very, very surprised. Uh, yeah, I, 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 don't, I still don't understand it. You know, a lot of people are saying it's just to protect his value to sell him on, but I, I think he still had like two and a half, three years left. So you don't really need to do that. Um, but I, mean, I, I know Jurgen Klopp said that he thinks Mignolet has a future and all that. But obviously Klopp said has said the same about Benteke. He said that Benteke has a future. And you know, I mean, yesterday so we made three substitutions and Benteke didn't come on. So I, I, I think we'll go for a new keeper in the summer. I think uh, we'll probably go to Germany to try and get one. Uh, Timo Horn, he's quite good. I think we'll probably be looking at him.
0: What's your feeling on Jurgen Klopp? I mean, like do you think he's doing a good job and is it just a matter of time or do you think he's getting an easy ride?
2: No, I think he's not immune to criticism. I think there has been a few a few games where he's made some tactical choices where, you know, you think in hindsight afterwards you think, you know, maybe he shouldn't have done that. But, you know, I, I think he's he's come into a team which you know it's not his team, you know, obviously all the signings are Rogers' signings. You know, a lot of the players are the players that are kind of players that I don't think Jurgen Klopp would buy. He's having to make deal with a team that's not his. Uh, you know, he's he's introducing his new style, which is you know very intense. Um, and you know, the players are going It's gonna take a long time to get used to that. You know, you look at his first season at Dortmund. He did well, but you know it wasn't anything special. Then the next season after that, he got his own players in. You know, throughout the summer, but got his training techniques put in, and then you know they did amazing the next season.
0: Yeah, because as you mentioned earlier, Liverpool do not have a great squad at the moment. That is the squad he inherited. So he's just doing the best with the resources that he has available. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what, who would you like to see him sign in the summer?
2: I think well, a goalkeeper is obviously a huge one. Uh, Timo Horn or To Stegen. I think they would be my two choices. Um, a lot of people say Jack Butland, but I, I don't. I don't really think that'd be a good signing. Um, and we've got Matip coming in. Um, I think we'll probably need a new set, another centre back as well. A left back because I, I I don't really trust Moreno. Um, I think we need a new centre mid. Um, Henderson and Chan I, I, individually as players, I, I think they're very good but they don't really work together. Um so I'd like to see us bringing a centre-mid Jaka or you know Gündogan would be the dream but I don't see that happening. And then maybe a winger. I mean obviously we'll have Markovic coming back but it's yet to be seen if he's in Klopp's plans. Um, and then we'll probably need to sign a striker as well because you know Benteke's I, I don't think he's going to have a future. Sturridge, you know, he might get injured again. Um Arigi's good but he's young. England is good, but he's not quite that top, top level that you're going to need if you want to be challenging for top four in titles.
1: Um, Looking at um, yesterday, I'd probably agree with you, Seamus, that uh, he went toe-to-toe with probably the best squad in the country and you were unlucky, but it was bonus territory. It would have been nice for Jürgen Clark to get his first trophy. But looking at the rest of the season now, it looks like fourth spot is Bianchi. Um, I don't. There's no more cups left. Well, you got the Europa League. What, what, what would you like to see for Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool achieve before the end of the season, or do you think it'll just filter out and he'll be judged next season?
2: I think this season there's only really two games left in this season, and that's the two United games. If we get past them, then we've got you know the the quarters, then we've got the semis, and maybe the final if we do it. But with the, for the league, I, you know, I don't think we're going to do anything in the league. Uh, we, you know, we're definitely not going to get top four. We might get up to you know six or seven, but we're not going to do anything special in the league. So it's just the Europa League, really. Um, I'd I'd like to see us just go all out for the Europa League, which which I think we will. Um, and you know, I mean, winning that or getting to the final even would be pretty special.
1: What um what do you think? Like I suppose as you say on the terraces, what's the What's the in there at the moment, like, say, Jorgen is? Because, you know, he's come in and he hasn't really done wonders yet. You know, are, are they, like, he hasn't, has he used up his honeymoon period? Or are they okay just to let him this year and uh, next season is the real test?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, when when he came in, there was a lot of people, myself included, to be honest, that that thought it would kind of be a magic, just switch around, we'd be right up to the table, but, you know, in, in reality, you've got to look back and think, you know, that was a bit naive to think that. Um, you know, I want I have been a little bit, like, I thought we would still do better. Um, but, you know, as I said earlier, he's got a squad which isn't his. He's, you know, he's implementing new training techniques, which will take a long time to uh, introduce. So I think, yeah, next season, you know, if, if next season we're, we're we're ninth again and we're not really challenging for anything, then, you know, you've got to have a serious look and, you know, say what's going on here. Um but no, I, 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 think, I think we'll be okay next season. I think he'll make some real good signs in the summer, get all his training uh, implemented, and I think we'll be, you know, we're not going to challenge for titles. But I think we'll be definitely thereabouts for top four.
1: Yeah, and then just finally, I suppose, me, Seamus, um, just on your own uh, Anfield chat, just talk to us a small bit about that because I suppose we kind of, Became aware of you on Twitter, and you got a nice following now. And you got, I think, you got about ten thousand on Facebook or something. So yeah. But how did you, how did you start that? Is it just yourself that runs it? And well, I suppose what's the long term with this? Really, is it just a forum for Liverpool fans to come on and have a have a rant about yesterday and stuff? Uh, yeah, no, I
2: um, I started it like I think it was like two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. I think. Yeah. And um, it's just grown and grown. Um, which it's, it's really nice to see. You know, I, I really enjoy, uh, you know, just talking to Liverpool fans, oh. and you know, a, a lot of um, you know. There's some other ones on Twitter, um, like Anfield HQ, for example, which is absolutely fantastic. He does. Um, yeah. He's got a really brilliant website. There's a lot of arc- articles and stuff. Um, I, I I was thinking about doing that, but I, I I enjoy more just the kind of casual, just you know, tweeting, just my opinions kind of thing. Yeah. Um. See, so yeah, I, I I really enjoy. It. I think you know, hopefully it'll just continue to grow. And, um, yeah, it's just something I really enjoy doing.
1: Yeah, and just, I suppose, if I had one other question, I suppose, um, at the game yesterday, what was, what well, finally, I suppose, what was the atmosphere and the mood like after the game? Like, was it, I suppose, was it just move on now to the next, um, I, I suppose, everyone's looking forward to the big Man United ties now next, is it?
2: Yeah, I think I think immediately after the game, people were pretty, pretty gutted. Yeah. But I think... You know, if, when you look back, it there was a lot of positives, and you've got to think. You know, we we've had a really poor squad, a poor team, and yet we've managed to get to a cup final and you know nearly win it. So we have to be positive. Um, you know, we've got Man United coming up obviously next week. Yeah. that's going to be a huge, huge game. If we can get through that, then you know, you know, we could definitely go on to win Europa. I think. So um, yeah, we just got to be positive about everything, and uh, I, I trust Klopp knows what he's doing, and. Beat for the future
0: and rather typically this seems to happen in football a lot um you face man city again
2: on wednesday night so how how do you (laughs) pick
0: yourselves up for that one
2: um well i i think we're both probably going to play quite weakened sides um but i i think i said before the game on twitter i said um, you know one one team will win the final one team will win the game in the league so i think we're probably going to win the game in the league um and you know I mean that doesn't really mean much though they've won the trophy we haven't hmm. but uh, yeah I think we'll uh, we'll play a week inside um, City will play a week inside too but I, th- I think we'll get the win
0: Excellent uh, well you can follow at the Anfield chat on Twitter Seamus thank you very much indeed for talking to us on the bench warmers to podcast you. today Okay that was Seamus from the Anfield chat talking about their uh, League Cup defeats to Man City yesterday on penalties we're now joined on the line by the third bench warmer, Aidan O'Sullivan how are you sir?
3: I'm very good. Some weekend of sport, wasn't
0: it? It was ridiculous. If, if you had an armchair and six beers and a packet of crisps, you would have been in heaven yesterday.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was some day of it. Um, you know, even from the rugby a rugby point of view and the soccer as well, it was just a brilliant weekend for sport all
0: over. All right, we just heard uh, Seamus there from the Anfield chat, top of the League Cup, uh, which, uh, a game that didn't really spark into life all that much uh, until it got to penalties, which were always good drama. But uh, you kind of have to feel for Liverpool a bit, don't you?
3: You do, really. Um, I think... Jurgen Klopp and his team were in bonus territory, really. I think you know he'd be judged on next season once he gets you know his own team in around him. I think more than this season. So to get to a cup final was a fantastic achievement for the manager and for the and for the club. Very very disappointing for them. Once you get there, um, you want to win it, obviously. So very very disappointing. For Liverpool, but I think you know they look back and think it's been a really, really,
1: good cup run and a really, really good season so far for Liverpool. All
0: right, boys, let's talk about Willie Caballero yesterday, the hero from mm. Man City, three ridiculous saves.
1: Yeah, it was like um, looks like the jokes are going around there. Uh, it's, it's good to go with your willy in your heart at Wee! some stage yeah. oh. but uh, I know he was unreal like I was actually delighted who was the one that scored uh, was it company scored no when Torre brothers scored, scored, a the pen- scored, a, yeah. la- scored the winner and Torre ran off celebrating on his own and all the players <laughs> went for the goalkeeper <laughs> they because, knew who won the game yeah you know but he was it was unreal really to be fair and um, it's nice that Pellegrini stuck with him you know
0: yeah because that was the thing I mean like um, in a final you might be tempted to go for Joe Hart uh, in such a big game but he kept faith with Caballero and uh, he said he'd rather lose than not play Caballero which is uh, very very interesting indeed but he uh, had three fantastic saves and um, compared that to the fortunes of Simon Mignolet yesterday yeah. in fairness right had a decent game but the goal he conceded see to went under his body is unforgivable
1: no I'd agree with uh, Jamie Carragher 100% after the game he said like Mingle like to be fair to him he, he kept him in the game really with all his saves but you can't allow slip ups he, sl- he slips up every now and again with soft goals I think th- like I'd agree with Aidan there as well it was bonus territory yesterday for uh, Klopp um, but like they did miss out on a massive opportunity he could have got that uh, the hoodoo off their back by winning a bit of silverware but um <clears throat> He needs to look at strengthening the goalkeeper in the summer, and he needs to look at strengthening maybe the left back as well in the summer. I think Liverpool, like then I, I actually thought they did well yesterday because I, I actually think Man City are going to take a fair beating in Europe in in the Champions League, but um, I thought Liverpool matched them toe for toe, really. Like maybe they were cut over a small bit of times, but uh, I think Liverpool they're on bonus ter, bonus territory, missed out on a massive opportunity, but in the summer we'll have to look to strengthen the goalkeeper.
0: Yeah, cuz Jurgen Klopp even all all over the pitch I think. Jurgen Klopp is kind of um getting a little bit of a pass because um
1: his reputation and anyway.
0: his reputation yeah. and that and the fact that it's not his team. Yeah. Um so he has to buy Aiden, doesn't he?
3: Yeah, I think so. Um I think it was it really was the tale of two goalkeepers really. You know, Mignolet definitely at fault for the first goal, but Caballero has I suppose the day of his life really and and of his career. Pellegrini, I think it shows the mark of the man. It shows the mark of the manager that he sticks with him when he could have put Joe Hart in there. Um, And, and, you know, what was going around beforehand is that, look, Liverpool were going to cakewalk this because of his goalkeeping selection. So it was great for him to not only, you know, win a trophy, but to actually be so involved uh, and be part of the winning of that trophy. I think, you know, Neville's point of, yeah, yeah, when he scores the winning pen, off he goes celebrating on his own. He should have went straight over to that goalkeeper uh, and said thank you. So it was great when the rest of the players ran down to Caballero. But um, Manchester City are going very, very well. Um, I think you know, obviously he played the kids in the FA Cup um, with this uh, trophy in mind. So it was great for Pellegrini as well, to, who is finishing up at the end of the season because he seems like a you know a good guy, and for him to select Caballero and then win the trophy at the same time. Good day for Manchester City all round.
0: Yeah, good day for Manchester City indeed. Um, lads, I think the biggest story of the weekend was Marcus Rashford. Oh,
1: yeah, 100%. What age is he? 18, is he? 18, um, yeah.
0: Couldn't yeah. go out and celebrate last night cause he had a chemistry exam today, apparently.
1: Yeah, no, he's, um... Uh, look he looks he's been the story of the week really hasn't he you know he got a goal he's I think um, Jeff Shreve said it after the game his first touch on um, first touch in the Europa League scored a goal and his first two touches in the Premier League two goals so you know we know whether he'll push on because we've seen uh, young wonder boys at Man United that haven't pushed on but this fella looks like a a super talent really Kiko
0: Makeda is the name I've been hearing quite a lot in relation to Marcus Ashford yeah
1: well, yeah, but the big story—the big story that I think that you take away from this, rather than the youngsters, Rory, I take away is Arsenal's bottle once again. You know, they—they they completely flopped again. Like, you know, is like, that a bit
0: disrespectful to the performance that United put on with essentially a team of youngsters yesterday? I know Arsene Wenger said afterwards that, oh, don't be fool; they still had many millions of pounds on the pitch and they still had a decent midfield. But is it a bit disrespectful to the performance United put on yesterday to simply say Arsenal bottled it?
1: Um, I do. I I don't think so, really. To be honest, you know, Arsenal. If they're going for like Graham Sumner and Thierry Henry, post-match they absolutely tore into Arsenal. This is a team is going for the league, all right. Not to take away, I suppose, anything from uh, the youngsters, but come on, that's Arsenal should be a lot better than that. You know, I think again this weekend was a massive win for Leicester. They won last minute goal against Norwich. You know, uh, Tottenham barely got out of, got out alive against Swansea, and. Um, Arsenal blew it if you're going to go for the league you've got to attack it and you really want to want to win it and this Arsenal team you know they just seem even during the week it was a it was like it was 2-0 it was expected against Barcelona and I thought they would have bounced back against Man United and and wanted to prove a point on Saturday but they didn't really you know? Ed and what
0: do you think United are your team you've got to be happy with the performance on Thursday night and the performance yesterday
1: yeah
3: it's uh, it's it's very good for United but I take Neville's point there on Arsenal and I you say great, Soon has tore into them I think Thierry Henry I suppose being an Arsenal fan and being an Arsenal legend kind of left them off with it a bit but like what they're looking for is they're looking for someone like a Patrick Vieira or you know even a Roy Keane or someone in that midfield that's going to drive them on and too many of them went missing against Manchester United Theo Walcott you know went missing completely in that match big story of course is Margaret Rashford I mean fantastic debut in, in the Premier League but when you consider a lot of these young players are coming through under Van Gaal you know you've got uh, you've got Lingard is there, you've got Tyler Blackett has been there, Paddy McNair, uh, Borthwick-Jackson, all these young guys seem to be coming through and it's, I'm not sure if it's because um, Van Gaal wants to bring them through but there's a massive injury crisis at Manchester United at the moment so he's been forced into bringing these guys through but once you get in there you need to take your chance and Rashford has certainly done this but definitely I agree with Neville. Arsenal... They, need, they needed to bounce back from the Barcelona results and there was no leadership there was no leadership in that team and that's why they lost to Manchester United
0: You're right about the Patrick Vieira comments I think they need uh, for want yeah. of a better term a horrible bastard in the middle of the park just to <laughs> to, to, to know like. and Roy Keane was similar in that mould because yeah. he encouraged people and he like You were afraid of him You were afraid of him and it was a psychological edge I mean like when Roy Keane or Patrick Vieira were on your team you had this psychological advantage over your opponents uh, that Arsenal don't have they're too weak they're too soft in the middle
3: they are and like they're going for the league this is this should be their chance this is a big opportunity for them um, when you consider the teams around them and you know. They needed to drive on and they all went missing. Theo Walcott, what is going on with Theo Walcott? This is a game for him to shine in. This is a game for him to show his international pedigree. And he just goes missing. Per Mertel is he even up to Premier League standard? A lot of the um, Arsenal fan base are going absolutely crazy. And of course, the big question is now, is it time for Wenger to finally go? What's the story with Wenger?
0: What happens if they finish behind Spurs this year? I mean, The Arsenal fans are going to go crazy if that happens.
3: Yeah, big game coming up against Spurs now, and you know Arsenal again. You know if they if they had a result against United, they'd be driving on against Spurs. But I think Spurs look at this match now and go: not only can we beat Arsenal, but we can win. We can actually go and win this league because Spurs always played nice football, but they always fell down against Arsenal. But do you do you watch Theo Walcott against against Spurs now. I bet you he'd be a completely different player.
1: Yeah, no, I think. Uh, look, I like watching Arsenal more than anyone. I think they're a lovely team to Ozil when he gets going. But Arsenal, they can be soft, they can be weak. Unfortunately, defending is another side of the game that you have to play, and Arsenal did not play it yesterday. But uh, the Tottenham game is a huge game now. Like, they'll they'll be warped. That's like you know. If... Who's the
3: enforcer? Who's the enforcer? Who's who's going to drive this team on? Uh, you know when it gets uh, down to the degree you now, it you know around about 10 games to go in the league, you need characters and you need leaders and you need guys to stand up and be counted and drive a team on. And they really are lacking it. And, you know, Wenger hasn't brought in anyone in that ilk um, to replace uh, even Patrick Vieira. And mm. that is, that's so evident. And that's what they're lacking. And if they don't win the league this year, that would be the reason because they do have this soft on the belly. And, and, and teams know that. And managers plan for that every time you go out against Arsenal. Stoke used to be expert at it. Every time they went to the Britannia, Stoke kicked them up and down the pitch, and no one ever stood up for them.
1: And I that's think, the problem that Arsenal I have. think the big talking point, though, uh, during the game, Lens and we're both missing this, is uh, Van Gell's late surge for an Oscar <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> with the overexusion uh, falling on the floor. What was that about? So, uh, I
0: think he was remonstrating with the fourth official that uh, was it when the Arsenal players was diving or something? Yeah. So he just threw himself onto the ground um, to make a point, which is probably. The image of the season—it's been photoshopped to high heaven already. I've seen it everywhere. Uh, my favourite one was when um, they photoshopped him into the scene in Titanic, where Jack is drawing uh, draw, drawing Rose like one of his French girls, yeah. and uh, instead of <laughs> uh, instead of Rose, it's got a uh, Van Hal. Um, that image is never going to leave me. Uh, but um, yeah, I thought it was fantastic.
3: Yeah, yeah it was really interesting. I think uh, it it's kind of showed another side to him, didn't it? You know, you always see him with the. Uh, with the, um, with, the, with the pen and paper and he's sitting and he's kind of dour and occasionally he gets up and remonstrates but for him to throw himself down like that I think uh, he should have got an Oscar nomination for that but some of the photoshops have been absolutely fantastic it's, uh, I think maybe we're seeing another sight of Van but now but uh, oh, brilliant dive great dive
0: Now the question is right? Um, two weeks ago um, you were almost getting odds on and like, uh, him to be sacked and, uh, uh, and mariners come in um, has the last week uh, bottom time um, is he going to still be here next year, uh, based on this week's performances?
1: I I don't think so. I think he's still under under the way out. Um, you can't ignore what went on previously. And as I was talking to many night defend during the week, like he's retiring anyway. You know, so that's like he'll probably do another year or two. So you might as well just get rid of him and bring in Mourinho. He, he, all right, it was good win on Saturday, but you know, teams can change very quick. Uh, will they beat Liverpool in Europa League I don't know and it doesn't really matter you know but the fact of the matter is he's going to miss out in fourth spot and is he though he will
0: but three points off Manchester City oh,
1: I, still, I still think that Man I know will, City have a game in hand but still Man City have too much room. they're still going to miss out in fourth spot I think um, he was brought in as I said before in this podcast he was brought in to do a job now not build something if they were going to build something they should have stuck with Moyes but he was brought in to do a job now and he hasn't done it so I think he has to go
0: what do you want, Aidan? Do you want him in a row?
3: Yeah, I think um, he's a he's a he's a dead man diving. If he's not a dead man walking, I think uh, <laughs> some of the some of the 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 results have been good, but he's not he's just not consistent enough. And uh, you know, the, the Liverpool game in the Europa League is is is, is a huge game now. Um, will they make fourth spot? I don't think it. I don't think it matters to Van Gaal. I think Mourinho is the man. I think he's probably been picked out. And no matter where they finish in the league Or what they do in the Europa League I think Mourinho is the guy to come in uh, You know, Van Gaal, I don't think he's too bothered I, I think he'll, he'll he'll take the cash and he'll run And, uh, and Mourinho will be in charge of Manchester United Next season, I think
0: Alright, that is uh, United uh, Tottenham, we discussed them briefly yeah, A good comeback win over Swansea They went to goal down early enough in that game uh, But to come back shows the character in this squad exactly. That might have been lacking in Tottenham o- over previous years
1: yeah, no, exactly. That's what I'm about. A goal, went down a goal, you know, you you could have said, oh, this is the game that are going to slip up. No, they showed their, this is what they, they showed what champions are showing. They they came back and, this, and they, they got to the win, they dug it out. This is what it's all about. It doesn't matter how you win them, but if you just win them. And uh, yeah, I think, I think Tottenham for me are probably odds on favor nearly to do it, you know. What do you think? Yeah, well, it's, you know, Leicester took a massive step again, you know, but I still think, Tottenham, they probably have more in them than th- th- to do it. Like it all comes down to the Arsenal game, but you know if they get over that, you know who's back against them.
0: Yeah, I watched a bit of Leicester actually against Norwich. Uh, they weren't great at all, but still got out the win. Actually, um, they obviously say the sign of a, a good side is that they can still grind out wins when they're not playing well. Um, they didn't play well uh, even after their two week break, even after their holiday. Uh, still got three points against Norwich Um, so they, uh, um, I still fancy Leicester for the league title
1: well yeah, I suppose every weekend it's you know it's another weekend gone and they won another game you know we're getting what's, just over 10 games now left 11 it? 11 so you know they, they can do it and you're coming up there'll be an international break now in March and then you'll have the run in you know I, I don't see why not you know I as I said before, I think it would be one of the greatest achievements in any sport if they pull this off. So, uh, yeah, I think the neutral, I think everyone wants to see Leicester do it.
0: Con Aidan, pin your colours, your master.
3: Yeah, I think look, looking, looking at Spurs, first of all, it's, it's, it's 55 years since they last won the, won the league title. It's a long time. It's too. almost as long as
0: Liverpool. Hey.
3: Oh, Pochettino's doing a fantastic job there. You know, he really is. They've got the youngest squad in this season's Premier League. Um, average age of uh, st- uh, starting eleven at about twenty four years of age. So you know, if you look at the young players that they've got, they're young and they're exciting. Uh, Eric Dyer, Dele Alli, Harry Kane, all these guys. These are guys that have been brought through and given their chance. I think you know, I've said it on this post- podcast before. If they're ever going to do it, this is the year that Spurs are going to do it. They're looking at the teams around them and they're thinking if we keep if we keep playing the way we're playing, then you nothing can stop us. What's What's
1: What's brilliant is Harry Kane. He was He was going to leave, supposedly, at the start of the season. He stuck with him. And what's brilliant as well is a lot of people were calling for Pochettino's head at the start of the season. And look, now he's a genius. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so that's
0: the action at the top end of the table Uh, A busy week actually Because we've got a full programme of games Over Tuesday and Wednesday The big game is Liverpool and Man City Which we discussed with Seamus a little bit earlier on Uh, Man United playing Watford Arsenal looking to bounce back against Swansea And Leicester taking on West Brom and uh, Tottenham As I say, a big derby for them against West Ham So that's going to be a massive test of their title credentials Because that West Ham team is decent
1: yeah, they're very good. West Ham are, you know, I... It's probably for me. It's between themselves and well, Bar Leicester, but well, I suppose you can't call them one of the weaker sides, no. But bear West Ham and Stoke, they're probably the better or the weaker sides. I think he's uh, the man, West Ham manager's done a great job there. They're moving to a new big stadium. That that club is on the up, and um, yeah, I think what it was great was I thought Big Sam got a, a nice reception as well at the weekend because Big Sam actually did a lot for West Ham the previous year, you know, uh, but. I can't think of the West Ham manager's name. He scares me, but he's after taking him to Village. the yeah. He's after taking him to the next level now. But uh, West Ham, our team on the up, yeah. And I think uh, yeah, Tottenham want to watch out there with that one.
0: Yeah, and as we mentioned, uh, that massive game as well coming up this weekend, Tottenham and Arsenal on Saturday, uh, a quarter to one. I think all, all eyes will be on that game. It uh, could be a potential title decider. It's going to be an absolutely huge game for both sides. Uh, just leaving the football talk away for a second, lads. Um, Ireland uh, beaten by England, beaten up by England yeah. uh, in Twickenham on Saturday. Uh, Neville, you're our rugby man here. Um, what was your analysis? That's
1: exactly. You call a spot on there, Rory. Beaten up is the word. I uh, look. I wouldn't get carried away. As I said, right. This Irish team is in transition. To lose a player like Paul O'Connell. uh it was a big plus to have Mike Ross back. to scrum was a lot more stable. But again, we're relying on a prop that's 36 years old now. Mm. But uh, no, look. I think. I think Ireland. Be honest. If they'd a bit more about him, we could have taken France and England. You know, it's this Six Nations is an opportunity missed really. But look. As I said, Joe Smith, we have won two Six Nations back-to-back, so I think he's allowed to have a bad one this year, in fairness.
0: So, yeah, lads, do you think that Joe Schmidt gets an easy ride from the media and maybe not enough um, scrutiny is placed on his tactics and his decisions? Because every time I see Ireland beaten, I mean, like, the papers are always just giving them an easy ride, saying, oh, they just ran out of road, it was a great learning experience, Yada 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 yada. Um, but do you think Joe Schmidt gets an easy ride of it?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say so. Like, well, you see, the big thing what got him off on a great start is Brian O'Driscoll's quote, he's the best coach that ever coached me, you know. So, you know, he gets a lot of latitude with a player of O'Driscoll's calibre backing him up. But if you look at his record, what he did with Leinster, and as you said, he's won two Six Nations back-to-back, you know, I think he deserves latitude because of what he has done in the past. But I do agree with you a small bit dear Roy. Ireland are a bit conservative at times, and you would like to see him do a bit more. I would like to see him reshuffle it a bit. I think Zebo I I, th- I think he nearly deserves a start. No and around mm. County, you know. I think we. I think sometimes he looks after the old guard, and I do think he has a bit of Leinster bias. And I think, but you're always going to get that. I think Declan Kidney before him had a bit of Munster bias, <laughs> yeah. you know. So I I think um yeah I d- I do think he just have questions to answer at times. It's not all plain sailing, but as I said, he deserves a bit of latitude with his uh, record.
0: Got your technique in. I think Ireland
1: were
3: yeah, they were they, they were beaten in Reiki so you know, looking for positives I suppose. Robbie Henshaw played well at thirteen, I thought. Obviously the youth, um, given 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 their chance, uh, Josh Van der Fleur I think was unlucky not to get a try. Um and Stuart, Stuart McCluskey played well. But the big stocking point I think was uh Alton Delan, who came on um off the bench and really made a massive impact uh, when he came on. That was that was I suppose that was good to see but a lot of the a lot of the Ireland players just didn't seem to turn up I thought Rory Best was quiet I thought Jamie Heastop was quiet again and yes. these are the guys I think that you're looking for to, to, to drive things on and, and to be leaders on the park Rob Kearney didn't really you know make any uh, inroads into it Keith Earls it was very quiet as well so I think uh, I think Ireland got what they deserved on the day I think England must be favourite for it now but does Schmidt get, you know that's an interesting point where you make about Schmidt and, and the Irish media does he get you know, did, did he kind of get away with things because um, of the success that he's had? Mm. But as Neville has mentioned there, he's mentioned two players there, you know, Brian O'Driscoll and, and Paul O'Connell. And you know, once you lose um, players of that calibre, I suppose you are in a rebuilding um, situation and you're looking for young players to come through. And he did give youth their chance, even in a cauldron like Twickenham,
1: so I think he deserves credit for that as well. Well, I think the big one, just finally for me, is that uh, Italy and Scotland know it's very important that we put in good performances there and finish the Six Nations on a high and then I think he'll be all right Joe Smith.
0: Do we want to see him like throwing all the youngsters over the last two games?
1: I think he's he, he, coming out in the media, supposedly. That's what's going to happen anyway. But, um... I'd, yeah, I'd give a few youngsters a go, you know, but I wouldn't go mental on it, mm. like you know, like, there's no panic stations, right, I think Ireland are still in, like, we lost to France by a point, we, we drew with Wales, you know, and we were unlucky against England, there's not panic stations, you know, but I would, I would maybe try a few young players against Italy and Scotland, but Italy and Scotland have to be respected too, you know, they're two good sides too, Scotland had a good win against Italy at the weekend, and Italy, we know they got Parisa, who I think is the best number eight ever, Italy are uh, not a bad side either
0: yeah so that was a disappointing ride on Saturday night Um, also on Saturday night um, Frampton versus Quigg taking place in Manchester was a bout that I was massively looking forward to being a a big Carl Frampton fan Um, it just didn't deliver it didn't rock into life at all at all at all Frampton employed tactics that were just designed to score points and and rightly so he won the fight Um, but it it didn't make for good viewing lads did it? No Was it a
3: disappointment Rory overall like was you know with the hype and uh, I suppose you've got British boxers there as well. It didn't really live up to the hype, and I think Frampton at the end was he a bit surprised that it was a split decision in the
0: end? Possibly. Yeah, and I was surprised when I heard it was a split decision as well. I was like, oh no, I, I, I like I scored it all the way for Frampton, and I was like, I was worried that Quig was going to get a, a hometown result. And fairness, that dude broke his jaw on the fourth round and continued yeah. fighting. He deserves tremendous respect for that. Um, but that c- can contribute to his, I suppose, not not below par performance. But I mean, like, it's definitely going to be a fact you break your jaw. You're going to feel it in the fight. Yeah. A or no adrenaline I
1: was actually the only point I'd really two points I'd really make is uh, Quigg's um, his post fight I thought he was very gracious in defeat it was very nice to see between the two boxers actually and um, I suppose the other one was um <laughs> The celebrity is Ringside But none other than um, geez, I can't think of his name The actor James you Nesbitt know, James Nesbitt Everyone He's <laughs> Looking like enjoy he enjoyed The hospitality He's had a fair few beers But it was, uh, he was good Yeah he was at good crap. Twitter, But um, no it was, it was a dull fight Really to be honest and, uh, yeah, That
0: happens a lot lines. though Do you know When, when Sky started Hyping up these fights So so much And I bought into it And I was like Alright I bought the fight And I was really Really looking forward to it uh, and then it just it, it disappears at a whimper. Eddie Horn calling for a rematch afterwards. I have no desire to see a rematch between no, those two. Geez,
1: no, that was it was it was a dour match like, you know. Like I suppose you have to sell these fights, you know, Barry McGuigan as well being his uh his, his trainer isn't it? or his coach or manager. He's manager, yeah. Isn't it? Sorry. And um yeah, you know, but it was jeez, it was an awful door fight, you know, it wasn't good at all. It wasn't there wasn't really any big punches. There was hardly anything to get you up about, like you know.
0: What was a good fight on Saturday night? Sorry, Aiden was Anderson Silva and Michael Bisbing, which was um, intriguing for five rounds. Um, particularly at the end of the third round, when uh, Mike uh, lost his mouth guard, pointed to Earl uh, um, Earl uh, Herb Dean, I should say. I nearly call him Earl Hebner. He's the WWF referee. That would be great to see him in a, in a cage. Earl Hebner pointed to Herb Dean, um, said, Look, my mouth guard is out, and Anderson Silver proceeded to knee him into the face, knocking him spark out with well, a second to go. Anderson walks off like he's just won the fight that he's been KO'd. Um, he jumps on the cage to celebrate. Herb is like, No, 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 no. the fight is not over, the fight is not over. Um, and they have to go it again for two rounds I can imagine the, um, the adrenaline, drum for and- uh, adrenaline dump for Anderson Silva Must have been uh, tremendous Because he seemed to take a round off in the fourth I scored it um, 1, uh, it? one, 2 and 4 for Bisping uh, A lot of people saying the third round should have been a 10-8 Because uh, of the knockout that uh, Anderson Silva inflicted uh, But Brian Stan said afterwards uh, on Twitter That uh, a 10-8 round implies dominance They're pretty rare in MMA um, so he was never going to get that. But I think Bisping won three rounds, but Anderson Silva won the fight, if you know what I mean.
3: Yeah, I think Bisping, uh, first of all, a great result for him. But to come back from that um, from that knee in the face and actually get back up and, and win it, I suppose in controversial circumstances, it has to be said. But I think all credit to, to Bisping. I mean, to take a shot like that and, and come back and win the fight is a, a phenomenal achievement, really. yeah, I, I really I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. It shows. It shows. It shows the heart that these guys go in. It, you know, this sport is, a, is really is a unique sport, and you know, you go into an octagon. You know, it's it's kill or be killed, uh, kind of a. Um Kind of a, an attitude is what you need, and I think that's what uh, McGregor and Diaz are going um, to soup up for us uh, this weekend. As it's, mo-
1: it's modern day gladiators, like, yeah. Mm. But Roy, did you think Tess Bisping should have won the fight then, yeah? Yeah, because he big, won three rounds. It's, it's a yeah, bit controversial over that. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like,
0: that's that's the limitations of the 10 point must scoring system that they've imported uh, imported from boxing. Yeah. Um, he won three rounds, therefore he wins the fight. But do you even know though, what I mean? Even, even though, though he, he got, got beaten up, got knocked yeah. out, still won three rounds, in my book, so therefore he wins the fight. Right. I wasn't surprised by the decision at all uh, I called it beforehand I called it 48-47 for Bisping and, and that's what happened it's just it's again the limitations of the 10 point must system yeah. uh, which has been talked about quite a bit uh, as you mentioned Aidan, um Diaz McGregor Saturday night in Las Vegas um, is going to be fantastic I am far more excited for this than I was about McGregor and Dos Anjos yeah
3: yeah, I think the only the only thing is it takes a little bit of history away from McGregor when he's going to try to be um, the first two t- two wave world champion in the UFC, but he's really going up against it now against against this guy diaz diaz is a taller fighter he's got a longer reach he's very very good on the ground his jiu-jitsu is very very good and the fact that uh, mcgregor is jumping up i think 25 pounds yeah. um, to actually fight him it's 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 a, it's a big jump but as mcgregor says or or, or as mcgregor's coaches come out and said during the week you know weight doesn't matter to connor um, he's not really worried about weight, um, it's all about what happens inside the octagon And I think it's going to be a really, really big test Because this guy can work on the mat as well And he's definitely going to try and take McGregor down I think any opponent that goes in, there's no point striking with McGregor No matter what weight he's at, I think you've got to take him to the mat And his, his mat skills, I think, will definitely be tested uh, What do you think, Rory? I
0: don't think he will, I think he's going to come up and brawl Strike. Uh, I think he's just going to come up and brawl and try and smother him He's got a longer reach than McGregor, he's, got, he's taller than McGregor um, which McGregor isn't accustomed to, particularly in his UFC career. So it'll be interesting to see how he deals with that. Uh, but I think Diaz is going to come, he's going to brawl, and um, I'd be very surprised to see him take him down. Uh, in the early rounds, if it goes deep, yeah, you can see Diaz taking them, but I think it's just going to come out, it's going to be a brawl, it's going to be a barnstormer. and I literally, literally cannot wait for Saturday night. I am so excited by this, in a way if that I goes, wasn't for... If it goes
3: past one round, you know, if it goes past one round, I think, uh, because Diaz hasn't had a... A camp um, similar to what um, McGregor's faced before, um, with Chad Mendes. I think if it goes if it goes past round one, um, he's got a chance. Then, yeah. Then, then I, re- I really, really fancy McGregor. Then, but if he can avoid him, if he can avoid him for the first round and stay away from him, I think you know Diaz will tire because he hasn't had a full camp, and I think then he's
1: open to McGregor's shots I heard heard somewhere that Diaz is two stone heavier than McGregor is that right or I don't know well they're both
0: going to have to weigh in at 170 anyway for Saturday night so it doesn't matter I think uh, McGregor fighting at 170 is interesting because I think this is a dry run for a shot at uh, Robbie Lawler's uh, welterweight bout at UFC 200 which would be fascinating Lawler is legitimately huge he's fought at middleweight before so that would be interesting for McGregor but I think this is a test to see whether or not McGregor can uh, uh, have success at 170
1: I I just finally for me because you're the UFC boys now, here, lads. But uh Santos, I, I saw his um, his foot. I actually felt sorry for him because it did look like he genuinely yeah. injured it. Like he broke his Al- foot. Yeah, Aldo, he he ran scared last time, like so. But we what's going to be very interesting as well is. Uh, when McGregor actually loses, what's gonna be the 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 comeback from that like, you know, but that
0: that's a very interesting story, but I don't think it's gonna happen against Diaz. I think he's got too much for him so, yeah. and I think he'll knock him spark out in the first round, to be honest, especially yeah. especially if Diaz comes to brawl. I think McGregor's um he's got too much um timing, he's got too much power, um, he's got too much speed. Um uh, Diaz's boxing is good in fairness uh, yeah. I I think him and his brother uh, Nick are fantastic boxers but I I just think McGregor will have too much from um it'll be interesting but I just want a good fight and I'm hoping for a McGregor win
3: well, yeah, sure. that, that that's why I think that Diaz may use the may use the jiu jitsu in the in the early rounds because I think if he if he tries to come brawling and he tries to go striking with McGregor, McGregor's got so much power in that left hand that he could, as you say, he could knock him out really really early. So I think it's going to be KG um, from Diaz. He's going to try and you know try and upset McGregor and maybe take him down. So I think that's a really really interesting aspect. I think anyone who wants to go in against McGregor, if you go striking mm. directly against him, then you could be on you could be under pressure. But uh, you know Diaz jiu jitsu is very, very good. be interesting to
1: see if he does use the mat or not. Well, let's just pray for longer than 12 seconds anyway. <laughs> Especially staying up <laughs> until half yeah. five in the morning.
0: All right, lads, that's pretty much it from our Bench warmers podcast, a co-production with Corks Red FM. If you want to follow Bench warmers on social media.
1: BE Warmers, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.
0: And you can follow us at FM and our sports show at Big Red Bench. We'll be back next week, uh, hopefully talking about a Conor McGregor win. So until then, it's goodbye from me, Rory. And Neville. I nice one. I'll talk to you next week, folks.